please stay tuned to the end of this program or see the show notes for important information regarding today's speakers and the content of this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 8 of Algae Talk, a roundup of the latest in the field of algae and immunology by the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. For today, we are on site at the 2019 ACAAI Annual Meeting in Houston, Texas. We are excited to have the leaders of the college today to reflect on the past year and to discuss what to look forward to in 2020. If you have a topic you'd like to discuss in a future podcast, let us know at allergytalkoneword at acaai.org. Hello everyone, my name is Jerry Lee. I'm an associate professor at Emory University and the co-host of Algae Talk. Today, I'm joined by the past president of the college as of one day, Dr. Todd Marr. Todd, welcome to Allergy Talk. Thank you, Jerry. It's such a pleasure to be here and I'm glad you're setting this up here and, and doing this uh, podcast from Houston. Um, it's been a great meeting. Uh, we are in the last day here. Uh, we've got good attendance and everything's been going great. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. Sure, please. Introduce yourself to the so groups who don't. I'll introduce you. myself. So I am uh, in a large uh, multi-specialty group practice in Gunderson Health System in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I'm adjunct clinical professor at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health. and. I am, as you said, eight hours past president of the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, and it has been a pleasure to be part of that uh, organization. We've had a great year. Mm -hmm. It has been wonderful, and it culminated in this event, and for those people who are listening to this podcast who weren't able to make it, boy, you missed it. But you can be part of it. It is recorded. Um, you can get those through our college learning connection and get uh, CME and still participate. We programmed a lot of good courses and stellar plenaries, international speakers, and I maybe people lie to me, but most people have said it was a great meeting. Yeah, so what I'm are happy. the specific changes that you made this year to try to make these this session much different from previous meetings they may have attended in the past? Right, well we started things last year when I was program chair. We totally revamped the program committee uh, completely. Um, we activated a, a program committee through tracks, so that was part of the Strategic 2020 initiative to redo all of our committees. That fed into having scientific committees, and then we have tracks that actually help us to uh, develop the program. This year it was head, headed up by David Stukas and Dr. Lisa Kobrinski. Um, but last year what we had done is we redesigned it. We went into 90-minute blocks and so and aligned it with the allied health program so that when the breaks came mm -hmm. they came for all the groups Great. so you could bring your whole practice mm -hmm. you could have a break with your nurses or MAs or whoever you have here your office staff um, it works well by feeding into the exhibit hall so our exhibitors like that because they have information they want to share with the attendees and we give them a good break that they can go there and do that and refreshments are served um, plenaries are in the morning, and again, they feed into the afternoon and early evening uh, is, is left for socialization and fun. And so we basically made it a fantastic scientific meeting, structured in these 90-minute blocks, and then we developed new programming 
within those blocks. We have um, did away with, uh, you know, the, the, the tried and true didactic lectures are still there, mm -hmm. okay, but we reformatted a lot of them. We do a round table. Um, so basically, um, the round table type setup works very well for um, certain types of learning where people, you, you have one expert, you would be at a table, there's 10 people there, and you've got 10 minutes. Right. And you've got 13 tables of different topics going on, and right. it's like speed dating, oh, sort of. Oh, great. And they move from table to table. So we did, phases of clinical practice is a great one for that. And we get lots of experts talking about beginning a practice, adding allied health personnel to your practice, mm -hmm. ending a practice, going into academic practice, all the different phases, and so you can pick which ones you want. Mm -hmm. um, we basically this year started a new uh, format called 7 for 11. Okay. So again, you have 90 minutes, and I did it with the section of allergy and immunology of the American Academy of Pediatrics. We've got speakers that come from them, and we usually do a joint program, kind of hot topics, but we livened that up a little bit and said, you've got 11 minutes, I'm not going to micromanage you as moderator, but you're going to talk on asthma, you're going to talk about food allergies, non-treatment, you're going to talk about anaphylaxis, you're going to talk about immunology. We got some very delightful speakers and they could do a 20,000 foot view or they could zero down to a 100 foot view. Right. And the attendees, it was packed standing room only oh, amazing. and they just loved it. We stayed pretty much on time. They broke the mouse. They had so many slides they were trying to get through oh, so yeah. we had a little problem but that's technology and we rolled with it and it went pretty good. So the program I can't say enough about how we're actively inputting new programming ideas. We do like the feedback so any of you who are listening who actually came to the meeting please complete your evaluation forms. Um, we do take that seriously. We look at what they tell us. We try to uh, improve what we can um, and adjust things accordingly. So feedback is always welcome, bad or good, because we grow from there. You know, one of the things I think the college does more is the particular attention to the practicing allergist, specifically practice management. And I noticed that office administrators course. I'd love you to tell me more about that. Yeah, the office administrators course is basically a separate course. We're actually offering free membership to office administrators who um, their allergist is a member. And so we want them, we want to be the source for them. So again, it's programmed by office administer, administrators and um, they, they feel part of the team. Hmm. Okay. They also can go to all the other sessions. Same way with allied health. Um, the Allied Health is a, a two-day-plus program, and again, we, we structured that to say, you know, let's not have you meet during the plenaries, because the plenaries are such top-notch um, uh, lectures that we want you to participate in those also, and then we'll basically have your program running concurrently during the other sessions, and they really like that. Mm -hmm. And we've modified our fee structure so that they're included in all of those. Great. So they don't have to pay an extra fee. So we're, we're continuing to work on that, and, and I'm glad you noticed that, because we really are, the college strives to be the meeting for the practicing allergist. And I think as we move forward and as healthcare changes, yeah. we need to change with it. And that changes our, we're not training as many allergists as we were, right? We've got a lot of allergists retiring. We have other allergists coming into practice that are going to have work-life balanced things that are different than what we've had. Sure. And so that they may be doing telemedicine. Mm -hmm. They may be doing other aspects of care. Allied health may grow, definitely. 
we want to be their source of education and their point of contact. So reflecting on the past year, other than the annual meeting, what are the things you're most proud of or most excited about? Well, I think building on a few things. One, the college yardsticks that were started back by Dr. Chips, and we've got some wonderful yardsticks already out and coming this year will be genetic testing for primary immunodeficiency and idiopathic anaphylaxis. Um, Jay Lieberman heads up that committee and will be selecting two more to work on um, as a committee for this next and, year. And some of our membership maybe might be familiar with how yardsticks are set up. Right, so the yardsticks were really um, developed because we have NIH guidelines from 2007 that are wholly deficient. And we have a lot of other aspects in our, in our um, daily activity that we do that we don't have practice parameters around and practice parameters are moving to more grade documents and specific yes. PICO questions. Yes. And so that creates kind of a problem in that you can't turn them out as rapidly. But our members are saying, hey, I want to know what's the standard of care out there? Mm. What, what do the experts think? Mm -hmm. Okay, And it, they're not written at a level of a guideline for grade type analysis, but they're written at a level of here's the practice today Sure. We don't take any outside funding for these, so they're not commercially um, aligned from that standpoint for any one product, and they fill the gap. So we have, you know, severe asthma, we have pediatric asthma, we have atopic dermatitis, and we do what the membership basically are asking. You know, we want something on this. So if you've got a, a burning desire for a topic, send it in to us, please. Just contact us through the college website and ask that maybe this might be a good topic and we'll get that to the, um, the the yardstick track and see if they can go with it. And where can the membership access these yardsticks? So acaai.org is the, is the uh, basically the website and there there's a contact us button that they can hit. Okay, otherwise they can email any of us. Um, if they don't know it, they're going to get emails from Dr. Alan Meadows every week because they got them every week from me. And Open I heard on the about website that. to get the yardsticks yeah. themselves? Oh, the yardsticks themselves are on, yeah, it's on the College Learning Connection. Okay. College so, Learning yeah, the College Learning Connection is our, our repository for all our educational items. Mm -hmm. So there you can go and you can basically find the archived meeting. You can sign up for that. We have a lot of free materials that we've put out, a lot of webinars and other CME products and non-CME that are free. We decided as a Board of Regents um, this past year that we want to improve where we are um, from the standpoint of what education can we provide you. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're tired of being nickeled and dimed, and so let's sure. make this be part of our member benefits. So we're always trying to enhance what our member benefits. Oh, great. Um, any other highlights for the past year? So, I mean, Alan will probably talk to you about Advocacy Council and 797, but we fed into that to, uh, with having just a fantastic um, workshop on allergenic extract uh, mixing that 150 people uh, attended and we had waiting, you know, basically a waiting list. Mm. It'll be archived. We have joined in with a company and there'll be more information to come about a one-stop shop for allergists to basically be able to order all the materials they're gonna need from Petri plates and everything as a kit to do what they have to do for 797, send it back in, have it incubated, get a basically a, a certificate of completion from that standpoint, and uh, again, a service to our members. I think you, we mentioned the practice management 
part of it uh, from the from the education, but we have a practice management center, so we have more toolkits, um, shared decision-making tools, prior authorization, appeal letters generator that's out there that are constantly being updated. Oh, so we value those members who give us feedback to say, hey, I'm trying to get this biologic or this XYZ drug for somebody, and this is the pushback I'm getting from the insurance company be aware of that and that helps us build the letter even better so that you go in as a provider this letter is there and it tells you what you're going to need to make it base hopefully one PA letter that you have to send in and you're not going to have to go back and forth five times and then we've um, started revamping our websites both our patient facing website and our internal member website and that will probably launch the middle of 2020 so that's been exciting too. That's a lot of work. And we've had focus groups and feedback and we're working with a company to help us re redesign it to make it more user friendly. Yeah, I don't think a lot of us appreciate what the college does to reach out to the public. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit. Well, more. yeah, I mean, I don't think the membership know that basically we put a lot into our website. Our website, we get 650,000 unique hits every month hmm. to our website. So we have purposely, um, profiled and pushed our website to be in the top three um, searches with, that you get back. So we want the ACAAI to be the sites that come up when people look at anaphylaxis or FPIs or food allergies or whatever. And um, we're achieving that, which is fantastic. It takes a lot of work, constant um, work by the staff, but they, they've got it down pretty good and know what to do. We have bright people like you and other people who do innovative things like the podcast, Allergy Watch, um, and the annals itself has been elevated. Uh, Dr. Galen Marshall, under his uh, leadership, the impact factor is improving. He's adding new uh, members uh, to help out on annals. And I, and I guess I would make an appeal to anybody who's listening who is a member. There will be a call for um, your activity and committee work if you want to. That'll come out as an email. It'll be available. Please apply if you want to. We're trying to get more and more new people active in the college. That was part of Strategic Plan 2020, and we it's been a resounding success. This year, the committee appointments that we approved through the nominating committee, almost 50% of them were new people. Oh, wonderful. They have not been on committees before. Great. Younger people. We have a leadership summit that we do now in its uh, fourth year, I think, it'll be coming up. And all of those people are active now. We had our Board of Regents meeting here on Thursday, and four of the members sitting around the Board of Regents had been part of the leadership summits in the past. Mm. So that tells you we really value new young leaders and, and help us change the college and improve it. No, well, I mean, again, you've listed so many different things just now of how the college supports patient education, supports our membership, and also provides opportunity uh, for our younger members or people who have never considered participating in a national organization to participate. So, again, if there's one thing uh, uh, our membership can do to learn more about what the college does. Uh, I, I guess the website's the best I'd, way to I would say reach out to the website. There's ACAI.org. There's contact areas there. Or just pick up your phone and call one of the officers of the college. We're always available to you. Um, I have much more time now as past president. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so. president. I bet you do. So yeah. it, it'll work and they can just get a hold of us through the college. 
Well, again, uh, Dr. Mara, I appreciate your service for the past year. And again, I uh, appreciate the opportunities that you've given me myself and also how the college has served our membership. Thank you for your time. My pleasure, Jerry. And thank you all the members who've had a great year with me. It were great things to come in the future. All right, very good. Thank you. And so now I'm pleased to look toward the future with our current president as of yesterday, Dr. Alan Meadows, welcome to Allergy Talk. Oh, thank you so much. You know, you do such a fun, fine job here with Allergy Talk. Uh, those of us in leadership enjoy listening to it. Our members are just raving about it. So, you know, part of what I'm talking about is the future. And Gerald, you're the future, all right? The Allergy Talk is, and we're just, it's just so valuable to hear uh, the re reviews from Allergy Watch and from the other things that, that go on, and our members are really liking it. But in terms of the future of the president, golly gee, I'm gonna just, just stand on the shoulders uh, of the great leaders that have gone before. Todd Marr has done a tremendous job Absolutely. as president of the college. Yes. You know, the, the program that we have here has been completely redesigned. And this is something that started way before he was president. He was vice president or president-elect when he started working on this, how all the programs are in neat segments so that we can, can be together at breaks and then go to our various sessions and be able to see the social events. Oh my goodness, the, the, the event for the presidential reception at Minute Park was just a blast. Oh, Everybody absolutely. A what time. a beautiful field. It, it, it was, and we're hopeful in Phoenix uh, a year from now that we'll have, have equally fun venues, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a tall... Um, uh, mountain for me to leap to do something as good as Todd's done this year. Well, tell the membership a little bit about yourself uh, they, so they get to know you. Well, I'm an allergist in community-based practice in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, a lot of the leaders in the college come up through various uh, routes. I came up through the advocacy route. I was uh, president of the Joint Council of Allergy, and when it transitioned into the advocacy council, I became chairman of the advocacy council and had the had the honor to, uh, to preserve allergy shots for us uh, in the 797 battle. I, right. I, f I feel like I did a lot of the work with that, but thankfully uh, my two-year term came to a merciful end after three and a half years, and I was able to turn things over to Jim Sublett and Steve Inbaugh, and uh, they got the victory for us on that. I'm proud to have had a, had a small part in, in, in pre preserving uh, allergy shots, but I, I see patients. I'm clinical faculty at uh, the Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine and uh, with, with residencies in town. I usually have a student with me uh, most of the time, but most of what I'm doing when I'm not uh, doing advocacy for, uh, for medicine or uh, in, in general politics, many people know that, uh, that I'm involved in political activities as well. In fact, uh, t tomorrow, uh, my wife hopefully will be elected a state representative. Oh, no kidding. Absolutely. I, um, actually, over the last um, last seven months, I knocked on 3,000 doors for her. Uh, so. Oh, wow. You're hitting the ground just like everyone else. That's fantastic. So it's, it's, it's not as though we don't have a, ha, have a lot to do, but the, the, the future for the college is bright. Yeah. And so I guess since you have this strong background in advocacy, where do you see the major issues and the battles that the college will fight for the next year? Well, well Gerald, each president kind of brings their own flavor to it. Uh, Dr. Foncier will follow me, and with her interest in dermatology, I expect that. But there is an emphasis uh, on advocacy. The first thing that I'm very proud about is the House of Delegates. Um, that is is being re-energized to be our grassroots network. Now, one of the things that the Joint Council was great at was advocacy in Washington. I mean, we were just on top of it and top-notch, but didn't have the 
resources to go to a local level. Uh -huh. And since we become the advocacy council, we realize that particularly with the extract mixing issue, I mean, we've had laws passed in Maryland and Ohio that we didn't even know about. And so, uh, we well, don't, don't know these laws. Again. Tell me about what were these laws? Well, these were laws that, that prohibited mixing allergy extracts that were passed in uh, in Maryland and in Ohio that were passed before we knew about it. Kathleen May, while she was living in Maryland, worked with us to get the law turned around in uh, Maryland. We got a, a regulatory fix in o Ohio, which, quite honestly, was not a, a ideal for those uh, physicians. So there's, you know, still laws written that, that that may not be entirely favorable to us mis mixing allergy extracts in our office. We were very oh thankful. Uh, through our advocacy efforts, we were able to do that. But in order to prevent that in, in the future, we're going to have a permanent delegate from the House of Delegates in each of the states, from each of our society, that'll be our conduit that'll go both up and down. And so our, our lobbyist, Bill Finnerfrock, has done an excellent job in uh, terms of subscribing to services that we are finding out about things in states now much more quickly. But for, for example, you know, we we found out that, that there was a law being proposed in uh, North Dakota that um, that needed our attention, or maybe it was South Dakota, but one of the Dakotas that, that, that did it. And, you know, the first thing we, we did was send an email to Sue Group and say, Sue, who, who, who do we know there uh, that can help us? Because quite honestly, I could write a, a, a letter to the pharmacy board in South Dakota and tell them that, that we object to what they're doing in terms of trying to regulate allergists, but they really don't care what Alan Meadows and, and Montgomery, Alabama has to say. They want to know about somebody who votes in their area. And so uh, what we envision the House of Delegates is, is that these people will be monitoring on the local level to be able to feed information up to us. And then in the same vein, when we monitor something nationally, we'll be able to feed it down to them. So I'm, I'm incredibly excited about this. This will be a process that will go over several years. Big credit uh, to um, uh, Steve Embaugh and uh, um, Travis Miller uh, from Sacramento. They have worked tirelessly uh, to get this done. And I'm uh, uh, pleased that the college voted ye yesterday to uh, change our bylaws so that we can re-energize it and spend a lot of, uh, of effort and uh, e even money. We're going to you know, be flying our delegates in uh, for meetings in uh, probably Chicago uh, for training sessions so that we will have people that are a grassroots network that, that hopefully we can rec represent the allergists well in every state. Well, you definitely have Alabama locked down, it sounds like. Hopefully. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Gerald, a lot of it is, is about, about your relationships. And, yeah. you know, I know that, that Dr. Feynman's your, your, one of your, your co-hosts on, on the po podcast. Well, Stan's probably going to be our man in Georgia because sure. he's involved politically. He, he knows various uh, people. You know, just off the top of my head, you know, Jim Sublett uh, in, in, in Kentucky, of course, he, he would be our man there, Steve Inbaugh in South Carolina. So it's not as though we don't have these people kind of already identified. We just need to get them in a, in a network so when something comes up, the panic doesn't strike. Oh, who do we know in, in, in such yes. and such a place that yes. we can just, Mobilize. okay, you know, our person here is is so-and-so, and, and then off we go. Well, no, again, I think I'm very appreciative of how the college has advocated for us. I remember when I was in Louisville, and this Medicaid plan was actually going to not cover allergy shots as a service. And Jim, luckily, is in Kentucky that he really organized. Uh, patients wrote in and gave feedback and it was based on patient feedback and mobilizing the patients is what really brought that down. Well, Gerald, that's one of the good things about our in-person advocacy in Washington is we do it on the same weekend as Allergy and Asthma Network. And this year, we're going to have our entire uh, Board of Regents. Uh, the, 
at least this has been done once in the past when I was on the Board of Regents and Michael Blaze was president. We had the whole board there. In fact, that's kind of how we got Stan involved in all this. I remember Stan and, and, and Mike Zitt who were, you know, I don't know about this. And these guys got to be pros uh, at, um, at advocating and, uh, and Stan is very involved in our strike force when we have our high-level high meetings in Washington, D.C. with people like at uh, CMS and Health and Human Services and the various committees in the House and the Senate over jurisdiction. Uh, people like Stan Feynman, uh, Dane McBride from Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, these are people that are integral just because it, uh, they, they've been, been interested and been involved. But um, my goal in having the entire Board of Regents participate in in-person advocacy this May is, is that we want to build build the bench. All right, We want to have more people uh, that, that, are, that are doing that. And when we go up on the on the hill, it's important that we have a diverse group of people. Of course. Uh, not just racially diverse and, and, and males and, and females, but yeah, young, young and old. I'm very proud of uh, Porvi Parikh from uh, New York. She's oh, yeah. been very involved in, in, in our uh, advocacy and uh, and has helped us very much on the on the Hill days. But you know, quite honestly, a lot of us who are very involved in this, you know, we're kind of old white guys, and so we need to we need to build the bench. And we don't know who that next person is that's going to say, "Wow, this is this is something that I can do and I can be interested." That's that's how I got started. Again, I'm very grateful for the college's efforts in that regard. What other big initiatives you see in the coming year? Well, uh, we're going to be completing our Vision 2020 uh, plan. Uh, I, I know Mike Foggs was president uh, when, when that was started. A number of great things have been accomplished with that. The House of Delegates upgrade is, is part of that. We're going to have a project where we, we're reaching out to nurse practitioners and PAs to try and make them aware of what we as allergists do and make them a better referral source for us. Uh, that is certainly one. But now that 2020 is coming to an end, we're going to create a new strategic plan. Okay. And so for the next three years, look into the future. I, I am proud that the college is the organization uh, for the, the clinically based allergists, whether that be in an academic setting or whether that be uh, in a community based setting. We, we, we are the, the organization for that person. And I expect us to continue to grow into the future, and I'm excited about what's going to come out of the next strategic plan. Yeah, I've seen the growth of allied health recently, and actually, uh, I'm coming off the CME committee. We're actually going to do focus groups. We really mm -hmm. want to hear from that part of our membership, cultivate that. They have so much to add to our specialty. We are a team-based specialty, and I, I've seen the college has done already with that special program with Allied Health to address that. Well, we've uh, already begun surveying. Uh, I was talking with, uh, with Nancy Ryan uh, and the staff, and I, uh, we were, were talking with some of our industry partners about that. I wasn't aware. We had already started the surveying, so we're, we're, we're well, well along on that. But to come up with a, uh, with a, a plan to where we can uh, make those referrals and those collaborations even better than they were before. Is there anything else you'd like to highlight in terms of your goals for this year? Well, I think we've covered most of the of the big stuff, but it's just this is a great organization. We're very collegial. We're uh, good to work with one another, and uh, you know, we kind of you know, like the politician says, you know, I just want to mess things up. But you know, we we have. Um, we have done so many good things uh, in the college, and we want to stand on the shoulders of the ones that went before us and continue uh, to grow. That we have a have a meeting that, that is is clinically oriented but scientifically based. And when you when you look back at our our distant history in, in the in the college, you know, quite honestly, some of the things that may have been given at plenary sessions probably wouldn't have belonged to us at a scientific meeting. But we've got you know people like Rufus Lee who decided no, we we want solid science that, that will um, help the clinical 
uh, practice of medicine. And I'm just uh, proud of those initiatives that were started in the 80s, and we intend to continue them. So for anyone who's listening who do want to jump in and maybe feel strongly about some of the initiatives you're proposing, especially advocacy, what would you suggest? Well, obviously they can get in touch uh, with me. It's not a secret <laughs> how they get, in, uh, get in, uh, in touch with me. You can contact the, uh, the college office. You know, we've, one of the, the things through the Vision 2020 that we uh, rearranged and reimagined is the committee appointment structure. So no longer is it just the president comes in and appoints all their buddies to the committee. We have a structure. So someone who wants to get involved, I would encourage them to apply for a committee. Um, we have a leadership summit every year uh, in Chicago for young physicians. This is something that is partially uh, funded by sponsors, but these young physicians that come in, we are so proud. We've got three of those people already on the Board of Regents, they're on committees, they're committee chairs. So if we've got somebody under 45 who's interested in, in getting in the leadership summit, which will be in uh, March of this year, and there'll be invitations coming out. Or if you don't get an invitation, you know, email me, call me. You want an invitation, I'll invite you. But, okay. <laughs> uh, the, 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 we, want the, we want the young leaders to, to, to come to this. I've just been, been, been so impressed. Well, I already, already mentioned Dr. Parikh, just, just an integral part of our advocacy council and with, with in-person in advocacy. So whatever part uh, of medicine you're interested in, whether it's more scientific, whether it's uh, more socioeconomic, we got a place for you. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And again, Alan, I really appreciate your years of service for the college and how you have moved our organization and everyone else at the college to support our, our, our uh, colleagues, uh, especially on a day-to-day -day basis hitting the ground in the clinic. So Gerald, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing. In fact, you know, these podcasts, this is, this is part of our vision uh, for, 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 the, for the future. You know, the way that I got information is not the way that the next generation gets information. And we want to be on the cutting edge, and I thank you for that. Okay, very good. It was very nice talking to you. Very good to talk to you, too. Thank you. The ACAAI is presenting this podcast for educational purposes only. It is not medical advice, nor intended to replace the judgment of a licensed physician. The college is not responsible for any claims related to the procedures, professionals, products, or methods discussed in the podcast, and it does not approve or endorse any products, professionals, services, or methods that may, might be referenced. Today's speakers have the following disclosures. Dr. Marr has done research consulting and has been a speaker for AIMUN, ALK, AZ, BI, Kaleo, GSK, Optinose, Sanofi, Genzyme, Regeneron. Dr. Meadows has been a speaker for Regeneron, Pfizer, AZ, GSK, Optinose, and has been a consultant for AIMUN, and Dr. Lee has no relevant disclosures.